How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Uh, shout out to uh, James and Lee and their family uh, joining from sunny Florida today. <laughs> and to the rest of you that are, are joining us online, we're so glad that you're with us this morning. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, we'd love to, love to meet with you, and I'd personally love to connect with you after the service. Uh, we're glad that you're here. Praise God that we're not our feelings. Amen? Amen. We have feelings. He's made us that way. We are, we are human beings. We're made to feel, but I am not my feelings, and I'm not called to live by them. So I'm sure, like you, or like me, you're, you're probably feeling somewhat tired this morning, but we are, we are going to choose to rejoice. We are going to choose to give thanks. We're going to choose to expect that God is here, because he said he's here. He said he's not going anywhere. We're going to choose to believe that he loves us, and there's that nothing that can separate us from his love, and that he's going to meet us in this place and speak to us and move in our hearts and lives this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in this place. Wow. Uh, so this morning, I'm continuing to talk about uh, grief and loss. Well, I just realized I put this on my backside, and it's got to be a little... We're talking about grief and loss, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, uh, this is something that I have experienced more in this past season of my life than I, than I ever have before. Um, and I don't know if it's just because of my, my role in, in uh, leadership at the church or because I'm getting older and so are the people around me or the fact that we're in the, still coming out of this, this pandemic. Uh, but we've, we've been faced uh, in our lives with, with grief and, and sorrow and loss more than we ever have before in our lives. Uh, today, the, the title of my message is Count Your Losses. Count your losses. And I don't know if it's an expression that you're familiar with. It's certainly not one for me. I'm familiar with count your blessings, right? We, we count our blessings or, right? And, and focusing on all, giving thanks for all those good and perfect gifts that come from God. Amen? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the phrase cut your losses, right? Because we, we you know, Losses are, are a fact of life, but, you know, we just, we, we want to cut that off and move on and forget about it as quickly as possible. I'm not all that familiar with counting my losses, but I, I think it's something that we're actually called to do. I mean, you know, there's different kinds of, of losses, and uh, typically for me, when I think about grief and loss, I think about uh, someone dying. Right, but but loss and this topic of grief and loss is so much bigger than that. And I, I want you to to recognize today that every single one of us in this room, this topic applies to our lives. It's it's pertinent to us. It's relevant to where we're at right now. Uh, loss could look like the premature death of a loved one. It could look like the diagnosis of a, a terminal illness or going through a divorce. But it could also look like Something as, as simple as relocating to another city for school. Maybe it could look like finishing school and, and no longer having that security in my studies any longer. It could look like your children growing up and moving out. Loss could look like a single person who's planned on getting married someday only to find themselves getting older and still single. 
Lost could look like a couple who assumed that they would have a family, but now they're struggling with this thing of infertility. Lost could look like a relationship growing cold, uh, a dream put on the shelf, problems with work, financial troubles, really any, any place where we've got unmet expectations or unfulfilled desires you know, in those, in those places where we've lost something or someone that matters to us in one way, shape, or form, we're experiencing grief and loss. And that's something that every single one of us is dealing with on a regular basis. It's different for different people, and, and what might be a loss and something that I would grieve may be actually a blessing and something that you rejoice over. It's different for each and every one of us, but every single one of us will go through grief uh, and loss. The question is how and, and what might God be doing in and through that in our lives. Uh, in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 14, Paul talks about this thing of counting your losses. And, and he says in verse 8, he says, Indeed, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, Straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I, I, I don't know about you. I don't know how you handle grief and loss, how you've dealt with it in your, in your life. But for me, uh, I don't like it very much, and I'm sure you don't either. I, I hate sadness. I remember uh, when, when that TV drama series, This Is Us, came out. Remember that? And my wife started watching it, and she was, she was into it. And so it's on the TV, and so I start watching it with her. But like one episode in, I'm like, I can't do this. Like this is, this is so, uh, so emotionally draining. This is so, like this is taking up so much of my, my energy, and I hate sadness. I hate it. So I'll do whatever I can to avoid it like the plague. You know, that's my typical response. And as, as Paul says in this passage, you know, forgetting those things that, that, that lie behind and straining to what lies ahead, I press on. And that was kind of my approach to, to loss, to sadness, to grief. Like, how can, I, how can I get through this as quickly as possible and move on, Right? But first of all, that's, that's not what Paul is talking about in this passage. I've heard this used at times as a means of like, okay, well, we don't want to live in the past. 
But I, I want to quickly just talk about what Paul's talking about here in terms of counting his losses. Because it's not, what he's not saying here is he's not saying, like, listen, forget your failures. Forget your regrets. Actually, forget your losses and, and disappointments. What he's talking about here, and this is why, why church context is so important, what he's talking about here is his old way of life. It's his old accolades and those things that he identified himself with and, and, and his, his way of, of doing life before as a, as a Pharisee, right? What, what he's talking about here is all those things that formerly shaped his identity, his, his law-keeping ways, his, uh, his righteousness that he worked at for himself, his, his zeal for God. This has to do with Paul putting his faith in, in, in his own righteousness and, 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 and now saying, no, you know what? I recognize that all those things, all those accomplishments, all those ways in this past that I, I've looked to identify myself and I have held up as my credentials, all of them are rubbish. It's, it's all rubbish. And, and that's a nice way of putting it. A, a better translation is like table scraps that aren't fit to be eat, eaten, or, or fecal matter. That's how the word is translated. And the point that Paul's making here is, listen, all those things, everything else, I count it all as a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. Okay, And so what this passage is not saying is, listen, we all have lost. We all have areas where we regret and where we've failed and where we've, you know, where, where we've, we've faced disappointments. He's not saying, listen, move on and let those things go and forget about that. It's time. You're in Christ and, and now everything's made new. That's not what he's talking about here. He's saying, listen, I count everything in my life, in my former way of life, in my life as a Pharisee, as a persecutor of the church, as, as a, a truster in the law for my righteousness. I count that as, as filthy rags. And I count everything a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. And I want to suggest to you that ultimately the losses in our lives, whatever they may be, are to bring us into a deeper relationship and a knowing of Christ in our lives. In places where we, we, we have not and we may not otherwise. And that doesn't happen through ignoring sadness, through trying to avoid grief and loss within our lives. It happens as we're honest about what we're actually feeling. Are you with me? This is the example that we have in, in Scripture. Uh, James talked about this last week. I mean, the book of Psalms, you look at the longest book in the Bible, over half of those Psalms, may, maybe even two-thirds of the Psalms in the Bible were laments. You know, we've got the Psalms of praise and, and adoration. We've got the Psalms of, of confidence. We've got, we, we've, we've got Psalms... Of, of thanksgiving and, and these, these kingship psalms, but over half of the psalms are heartfelt cries in the midst of pain and sorrow and hardship and suffering going, God, where are you? 
God, where are you? It feels like I'm all alone here. God, you know how long I've been going through this. God, look at my enemies. Look at how everyone else is living, and here I am in the midst of this right now. Right? That's what we have in Scripture as an example. And these are, these are songs expressing feelings of sadness and sorrow and, and grief and loss. And they're opportunities for us to, to connect with God in this way as well. In the Gospels, we find Jesus inviting people not to bury their pain, not to avoid their loss, but to come to him, to find what they need, you know, and, and, and to, to come out of that place of, of, of pain and suffering and receive what they need from him in the midst of their loss. Jesus himself models this. The Bible says in Hebrews 5, 17, that Jesus prayed with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. This is the example that we have in Scripture we're called to pay attention to our, our feelings, including sadness and sorrow and grief and loss. And those feelings are real. And, and if they aren't dealt with, what we end up with in our lives is this superficial, shallow Christianity, right? Where we might look good on the outside, but inwardly, you know, we're hurting. Inwardly, we're, we're broken. Inwardly, we're struggling. And that's not, not the life that God has, has called us to live. He wants us to be full. He wants us to live an authentic life, a true life, an abundant life from the inside out. Amen? And when we aren't honest about these feelings of grief and loss, what it does is it blocks the work of the Holy Spirit in our life, and it keeps us from being transformed in those areas where God wants to meet us and grow us and free us and change us. And make us more like him. When we don't deal with those feelings, what, what it leads to is us looking for ways to soothe that pain and take us out of that painful reality in other areas of our life. And those feelings will, will pop up in one way or another. Perhaps in, in addictions and things that we, that we seek to, to give us a short-term fix or temporary pleasure. Perhaps, as, as James said last week, in things like anxiety or, or depression. Perhaps in our relationships, in resentment or offense or bitterness. Perhaps in our everyday life, just as, as busyness, as we try and just move on instead of dealing with our harsh reality. I want to ask you today, are you aware of your sadness? Are you aware of the areas in your life right now where you're experiencing grief and loss. One of the helpful things that we can do in our everyday walk with God as we, as we connect with him is just to take some time to stop, to slow down, and to ask the Holy Spirit to show us. What am I sad about right now? Just take some time to reflect and, and listen to him and allow him to, to show you. Where am I feeling disappointed? God, when do I feel lonely? My friends, these are the places where God wants to meet us. These are the places where God wants to, 
to teach us, to transform us, to, to heal us, to reveal to, to us aspects of him that we would never know or see otherwise. Are you with me? I want to encourage you. Pay attention to your feelings. Because God's looking to use them. God's looking to use grief and loss. For me, uh, I remember a time, I was 25 years old, and I was doing seminary in Pasadena, California. And uh, it was the first time in my life where, you know, I'd, I'd made some bad choices. And, and it had gotten to the point where I had, I had lost myself. I, I don't know how to explain it to you other than to, to just say that I, I just, I didn't know who I was anymore. I looked at my life and I'm like, I don't, this is not me. But I felt so helpless and so stuck in that place that I didn't know what else to do. I had a custodial job at the school. I would get up at four in the morning and clean toilets. And one day I'm cleaning the toilets and, uh, and I, I've, I've got a headache, I've got a fever, and I'm, the room is spinning and I'm like, I'm going to pass out. And so I went to go to a hospital, and it turned out that because, uh, you know, because I'm coming from Canada and because it was a recent thing, uh, they said it was a pre-existing condition. And so my insurance wasn't going to cover it. And so I ended up having to go to a public health clinic to try and, and get help, okay? Through it all, long story short, I ended up realizing that I could come back to Canada and transfer credits from, from school here to my degree in California and finished school that way. And, uh, and as difficult as that time was for me, as painful as it was in the moment, and as much as I believe that God doesn't cause sickness, man, he used that to get me out of that situation and ultimately to bring me to the place where I am today. And I am so grateful for that. We all have stories and areas in our lives where we've experienced grief and loss, and, and God is so good at, at using these things in our lives, using the pain and the suffering that, that we go through that at times we attribute it to him. But I want to take a, a few minutes to just look at what God might be trying to teach you and do in you through grief and loss, and why it's important for us to recognize it and to embrace it, as painful as it may be. All right? Are you with me? Yeah, okay. So three things amongst the, the many other things that I feel like God is, is doing in, 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 in us and through us, through grief and loss. One of the, the biggest, I think, is this thing of transformation. When we go through grief and loss, ultimately what, what it leads to is, is God transforming us. And how many know the first step towards transformation is surrender? It's surrender. And the issues, I've realized, the issues that I have with sadness, with sorrow, with grief and loss, a lot of it comes down to my issues with control, right? And I, I see this all the time, you know, when, when somebody's sharing something that's difficult, right, and they, all of a sudden they start crying, what's the first thing that we do, right? We oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What are you sorry for, right? It's real, it's a reality, but we live in a world and in a culture where I've got to keep it together and control is essential in that, right? I've got to be in control. When we go through grief and loss, 
what it, what it helps us to realize is that in actuality, I'm not in control. I'm not in control, and it forces me into this place of surrender, of letting go of those things that I've held onto for my own security, those things that I've, I've sought to identify myself with and, and my, my, taken my worth from. Grief and loss reveal how much we look to other things to define us, to protect us, to satisfy us. It helps us to see where our soul is anchored. It's like, you know, David says in Psalm 23, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Right? How many know there are aspects of God and who he is that we will not know and experience apart from the valley of the shadow of death, apart from being in the presence of my enemies? Is that fun? Is that something that I want, that I I, I love to go through? Not at all. But it's in those places that I come to know him in ways that I wouldn't otherwise It's in those places that he shatters those false images that I put up as a representation of who he is. When he's going, no, actually, I'm bigger than that. I'm better than that. I'm I'm so much bigger than you understand. I'm not just about you and your ways and when you want it and, and you getting it right now, right? It's teaching me to let go. It's teaching me to see him and experience him in new ways. It's in that place that David says, I find comfort. He comforts me. Robert Kelman in his book, God's Healing for Life's Losses, he says, in suffering, God is not getting back at you. He's getting you back to himself. God is not getting back at you. He's getting you back to himself. I love the story of of Francis Chan. Francis Chan, an evangelical pastor, a teacher, an author. He talks about how His mom died giving birth to him. His dad remarried. At eight years old, his stepmom was in a car accident. And she died. At 12 years old, his father passed away from cancer. And before he was a teenager, before he was 13 years old, he was without parents. You know, and he says... At that, at that age, what it led to is me asking questions that I would have never asked at that point in my life and finding God in ways that, that I never knew him before, right? He says, anything that would cause, cause me to find God is a huge blessing, no matter how painful it was at the time. And this is what the Bible says. It says in James 1, verses 2 to 4, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. This is what God's after in every single one of our lives. This is what he's doing within us. He's, we all have room to grow, and part of how we grow is through our experience of grief and loss and finding him and surrendering to him in the midst of it. He transforms us. The second thing is he strengthens our faith. Grief and loss will ultimately lead to a strengthening of our faith. 
Jonathan Edwards, the 18th century American revivalist and, and theologian, he once said that a person can conclude that honey is honey because it's golden. Because if you look at it, it's got a certain viscosity to it. Because it's got some honeycomb in it. Or because someone that you know and trust, it, and trust tell you, tells you that it's sweet and therefore it's honey. But he said there's a, there's a better way to know that something is actually honey. Put a drop of it on your tongue and taste it for yourself. Right? In the same way as we go through grief and loss within our life, things like the resurrection, right? The resurrection of Jesus Christ, or him being the resurrection and the life, his promise of eternal life. It goes from here, where I understand it in my head, to a place where now I've got to live out of an experience of this in my life, right? It's where, where God begins to take these things that I, that I understand to become things that I now experience in my heart, right? Uh, Tim Keller is a, uh, is a famous author and pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. And in February of 2020, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. For those of you that, that don't know, there's not a great survival rate statistically, for pancreatic cancer. I think it's something like 10%. And in reflecting on his faith and the impact that his illness is having on it, Keller writes this. He says, death is an abstraction to us. Something technically true, but unimaginable as a personal reality. For the same reason our beliefs about God and an afterlife, if we have them, are often abstractions as well. If we don't accept the reality of death, we don't need these beliefs to be anything other than mental ascents. A feigned battle in a play or movie requires only stage props. But as death, the last enemy, became real to my heart, I realized that my beliefs would have to become just as real to my heart, or I wouldn't be able to get through the day. God's strengthening our faith. He's making it real. Think about the story of Lazarus' death, right? And Mary and, and Martha uh, sending word to Jesus that, that his friend Lazarus is sick and how Jesus stayed where he was for another two days. And that can often feel like what, what we go through as we're waiting in the midst of grief and loss going, I don't understand what's going on right now. God, where are you? By the time Jesus shows up, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. Four days he's been dead. Martha sees Jesus coming, and she, she runs to, to meet him, and she says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And Jesus says, yeah, I, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I, I know it'll rise again in the the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies, right? And what I see here is God taking Martha from a point of, of I understand this. I, I, you know, I, I recognize what's gonna happen 
you know, down, down the road and, and her working through her unmet expectations of how Jesus was going to show up and what he was going to do in the moment, right? And, and bringing her to the point of recognizing, hello, Martha, I'm here. I'm here. Re- regardless of those other things, I am enough right now. I mean, you know, he has risen. And grief and loss is a reminder that, yeah, this, this is not all there is. There's more. You know, but it's a reality in our life right now. I mean, I think it's important here also to say, though, you know, um, what I'm not saying to you is that we just, you know, that we just tolerate the work of the enemy within our lives. Are you with me? That we not just accept, accept sickness and go, okay, this is my lot in life. We're all going to die anyways, right? Because how do how, you know? Jesus calls us, he, as his disciples, he says, heal the sick. He says, raise the dead. And I want to believe that that's not just going to happen one day, but that can happen right here, right now. And that he's called us to these things, Right? You know, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And our job is not to go, okay, go ahead, Satan. You take it, right? That's not how God has called us to live. Jesus Jesus has risen. He has risen. And all authority in heaven and on earth belong to him. Right now, while we may not see it, the Bible says that everything is subject to him. Everything is under his feet. And so I'm not saying to you here, you know, just, well, good luck, guys. Grief and loss. You're going to experience it, and and you just got to deal with it because that's our, our lot in life. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this. Well, I, I personally, and, and you I'm sure have as well, have seen breakthroughs, have seen heaven show up, have seen the kingdom of God manifest within your midst, have seen the sick healed and devils cast out and these kinds of things. At times, we don't always see it. We live in this now and not yet. And I don't have the, the answers for it all. But at the same time, I want us to recognize that, yeah, at the end, at some point, we're all gonna die. But this is not all there is. And more than that, I believe that through grief and loss that God is perfecting our faith. Amen? He's taking it beyond just a, I'm, I'm believing you, God, for a specific outcome. Or God, I'm believing you for what I want right here and right now. But regardless of the outcome that we could say right now, I know for certain that, that that where things are headed. I know that God is actually good. I know that he's still on the throne. And Jesus, whatever the outcome, you are enough for me. Right? And in the midst of that pain and suffering, and in the midst of us sometimes f- experiencing those, those losses and those failures and those, those setbacks and those disappointments in life, that we could still choose to worship him. We could still choose to honor him. We could still choose to come to him and receive of what we need. The last thing is this. Uh, Grief and loss, it really causes us to rely on him and him alone. Paul says in Philippians 3, 17 to 21, he says, Brothers, join me in imitating. Join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. 
For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Paul says, imitate me in counting these losses. Imitate me in counting everything else as a loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. Don't be like others. Don't set your minds on the things of earth. Don't live with, with an earthly perspective. Live from a heavenly perspective. Live with an eternal perspective. You are citizens of heaven. Your citizenship is heaven. Yes, heaven is coming to earth, but right now, earth is full of losses. Right now, we experience suffering. Right now, we experience pain. We experience death. This is not heaven. Are you with me? I mean, last month, we got an email from our, our school where our, where our kids go to school because a, a girl who's in my daughter's grade, her dad didn't wake up one morning. It's just like daddy's gone. Is that heaven? This is not heaven. Yes, heaven is breaking into our world, but this is not it. And if we make this, if we make what we have here and the people around us right now heaven, then guess what? We're going to go through life disappointed and unhappy, dissatisfied, because there's something more. And grief and loss teaches us that. I want to challenge you that instead of avoiding your losses, instead of avoiding the pain, be honest about your feelings. Let go of the need to control things and trust God and worship him in the midst of the confusion. Allow your grief and loss to, to move you to connect with God in ways that you haven't otherwise. Paul's encouragement for us today is this, to count everything a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. For the sake of knowing him. How do we know he wants for you to know him beyond what you're able to understand? Beyond what you're able to understand, beyond what you're able to explain, God wants for you to know him in all of his goodness in all of his grace and mercy, in all of his fullness in our lives. And one of the ways that that happens is through grief and loss. Let's take a moment to pray together as we close. Father, as painful and difficult and frustrating as it may be, we give you thanks for the trials, for the suffering, for the hardship, for the unanswered questions that we have in our lives right now. Because we know that even though we may not see you, even though we may not feel you, you are there. You promise to be there and you are working for our good in the midst of it. I pray that you would shower us with your grace and mercy. I pray that you would help us to see those places where we've, we've avoided pain, where we've buried our grief, God, and that by your grace those things would come to the surface and through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to connect with you.
and to find comfort and strength and healing and freedom through them and through you. Lord, we want to know you and the power of your resurrection. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.